Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for the Fierce Marriage Podcast. This week we are pulling an episode out of the archives, which happens to be one of my absolute all-time favorite podcast episodes, namely because I think the material is really helpful, but you get to see a side of Selena, and that is her saltiness that I absolutely love. We like to joke and have a good time, uh, but in this episode, I noticed there were a few times that she was taking little jabs that they just went over my head. She is just so smart, and sometimes I just miss how fun she is. So anyway, we are talking about phrases to remove from your marriage vocabulary. And even though this is our podcast, and even though I know this material, I found it helpful as I re-listened to it. So even if you've heard this episode, I trust that it will be a timely reminder for you as well. So with that said, here we go. So we've been talking about habits and rhythms and all kinds of things around cultivating good soil in your marriage. And Mm. I feel like this is a real tangible episode of that we're calling five hurtful phrases to remove from your marriage. So these are basically weeds, I would say, that are in the soil of your marriage. And they're all rooted in the Bible. We have verses that have illuminated these truths, and we're excited to dive into Mm. each of these with you. And I I, kind of see these phrases as almost, um, they're almost like red flags, right? So Mm -hmm. whenever these phrases kind of cross our path or they, they kind of <laughs> come into our marriage yes, again, Yes, it's an opportunity to say, okay, something is going on under the, underneath the surface yep. and it's an indicator. So, so these are five phrases that we are going to dive into, uh, tangibly speaking, to help build unity in our marriage, to cultivate the soil and to build habits that are God honoring. So we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. So we are getting into the five phrases to get rid of in your marriage. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> to get it. rid of your marriage. Nailed it. <laughs> five phrases to rid yourself of marriage. There it this is. This is wrong podcast. It's like Harry Potter spells. <laughs> Just poof. It's gone. <laughs> Anyways, we're yeah, we're gonna get into those uh, in a few minutes. But we've got we've also got a question from about a previous episode, mm. um, a couple's conversation challenge, and before we go there we're gonna i'm gonna let you do the housekeeping because this is the housekeeping yeah. that you do well yep really quickly uh if you ha- if you've gotten something out of this podcast we would be honored and uh just so thankful if you would leave a rating and a review in whatever podcast app you use uh it helps us and it helps others secondly if you want to lock arms with us we would be honored if you would pray about uh, maybe supporting us via our website patreon.com slash fierce marriage it's not our website but it's our page on that website, patreon.com slash fierce marriage. There's links in the show notes. Um, but that's just a place where we can connect directly with listeners to keep this podcast sustainable. Um, and we're just so thankful for all our amazing patrons that are there right now. Mm. And we're trying to get to, uh, we have about 200, 210, 215. We're trying mm-hmm. to get to 250 so we can start doing transcriptions, which costs money to have those done. Awesome. Um, that would be awesome for people that can't listen. Uh, or just prefer to read. So help us out if you feel led, but pray about it first. Uh, second, thirdly, if you have any questions, go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. There's, there are various ways to ask questions there. Uh, you can leave, leave a note online or you can call or text this number 
971-333-1120. Call or text that. Just don't do it while you're driving, folks. Be smart, folks. Be smart about it. Be smart. So last week we kind of talked about habits and we're kind of piggybacking off of that a little bit and getting into the very tangible Mm. ways of how we can communicate better because communication is a habit, right? Can I say that I've learned though before... How to be the best communicator ever. No, about about habits. Because last week I was a hot mess. I'm still a hot mess in a lot of ways. I'm just a big, beautiful mess. (laughs) It's Ryan's favorite. Just a beautiful, messy mess. Ryan's favorite. (laughs) Oh, got to love that. Anyway, we I've started counting calories. Good for you, (laughs) (laughs) says the pregnant lady. (laughs) Go you! (laughs) Anyway. No, I'm encouraging. I've been eating way better, and you know what? This app is noticing positive patterns in my life. <laughs> Good. Like, is that encouraging says, like, to when, you? <laughs> it says, when you eat eggs in the morning, you don't eat as much terrible food the rest of the day. <laughs> Stuff like that. Imagine that protein. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, so Ryan been, is winning really on the caloric level. Hashtag winning. I've lost two pounds. <laughs> Boom. Except for I probably gained it back last night because I had a big old cheeseburger. <laughs> Got to live Moderation. your life. Got to live your life. <laughs> Moderation yes. and, and habits, right? It so, was so good. I'm glad it was, it was good. It was so good. Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't. I just had. I, I didn't have French fries. I had the salad instead. So you know, good for <laughs> you. <laughs> I had uh, sweet potato fries. So in your in your face. <laughs> That, and I've been to the gym twice. I'm okay, just going to say. Okay, enough okay. about your life and your <laughs> No one cares about you. Just quiet. Anyway. In the words of Mr. Stein, I don't need your life story. <laughs> Hello. Okay? Hello. Don't I'm... need your life story. Okay, so you I'm obviously want to talk life. about these phrases. So just, you you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go. You just have fun. See ya. Oh, finally. No. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about how to basically communicate better. <laughs> because in our 15 plus years of marriage it's taught us that no matter it's not a matter of if we disagree but when we disagree and how we handle it um you know gotquestions.org is one of our favorite websites gosh Mm. type in any biblical question and it'll just blow your mind yeah it's all very grounded in god's word which is what's so important yeah uh and a quote i just want to open up here because although we're talking about getting rid of phrases, we're really talking about the power of our words, right? In our marriage. And yeah. um, the quote here uh, he writes is just words do more than convey information. The power of our words can actually destroy one's spirit, even stir up hatred and violence. They not only exacerbate wounds, but inflict them directly. Of all the creatures on this planet, only man has the ability to communicate through the spoken word. The power to use his words in a unique and powerful is a unique and powerful gift from God. Mm. And I feel like that's just boom. I feel like it's debatable, though, because I've talked to many a macaw. I know. (laughs) You would have. Who have wanted crackers. Okay. And I've given them crackers. (laughs) Well, not all of us can be with with animal whispers. (laughs) I don't don't think we need to go. I mean, I don't want to take for granted that that the listeners here uh, kind of understand the weight that God's word puts on words. But I know, um, let's see, Proverbs eighteen twenty one is a very representative verse. It says, uh, let me see, where is it? It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Right. And we're gonna, we are going to dive into what the Bible says about our words. Yes. Okay. But I, I want to start with this. Okay. Because right after that verse, Proverbs eighteen twenty two <laughs> says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. 
Lucky you. Hmm. I wonder if there's some sort of progression here to like maybe words in a good way. I said something. I said yeah, like <laughs> how you know your words hold power of life and death. And by the way, like finding a wife is a good thing. So don't let your words ruin it. <laughs> I want to share a little bit about communication, just principally. Is that is that a word? Sure. Just in principle, in this idea that so communication is is not just speaking words. Right. Right. Words are the avenue by which we communicate. So. Uh, even if you think about the physiology of communication, you have vocal cords, you have your, your tongue and your lips and your way to articulate consonants and vowels. You're basically vibrate. This is, goes into a little bit more than probably you expected, but you're, you're using energy and airflow to vibrate your, uh, vocal your vocal cords and create sound waves, which is another form of energy that can then pass through the matter that God has given us. So, okay. God didn't have to give us the physical means to communicate words and to hear words. Those words travel through the air because air carries sound waves. They go into your ears and they vibrate your eardrums and that creates electrical impulses that go to your brain. Your brain, so smart. Your brain then uh, translates those into actual uh, vocabulary and words that have meaning according to the language that you live in or la- the language of the culture that you live in. Think about all of this. Okay, so when God created heaven and earth, he created matter with physical properties. He created physics. He created uh, everything around it, how atoms work, how molecules work, how all that works. And we we have the medium mm. to express ourselves with our voices. Mm. Not only that, but there's all kinds of other ways <clears throat> to be communicated through body language, mm-hmm. through tone. tone, which has to do with the same principle, but... Mm-hmm. Um, through context, okay, so knowing the timing of when I say something and how it will be received, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because maybe something just happened or in a certain situation, there's all these different ways to communicate. So think about communication in this way. Communication is conveying ideas effectively. It's the con- it's the conveyance of ideas with uh, integrity and fidelity from one person to another, from one soul to another. The analogy that we use in our book, Fierce Marriage, is a traffic light. Okay, so if you're going through, if you're stopped at a traffic light, you, the traffic light is a way to communicate with other cars in that intersection. So mm-hmm. if my light's green and yours is red, then I know that I, you know, and I know that I can go and you can't. If ever those those signals are crossed, if say we both have green lights, what's the result? A collision, mm-hmm. catastrophe. If we both have red lights. What's the result? Nothing. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> waiting, mm-hmm. picking their noses, watch, waiting for this this light to turn. And so the thing is with communication is we have to be aware of the signals that we're sending and the signals we're receiving. And we have to be very mindful of the fact that our communication, our signals to convey a deeper meaning. Words are never just words is what we're trying to say. That's why right. Proverbs says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Right. <clears throat> Those who love it will eat its fruit. Mm-hmm. So we never are just communicating words. We're conveying a meaning. And that's why words can be so loaded. And that's why in marriage, when you have tone and you have all these different things and timing, you have all these different aspects of your communication, big red buttons are easy to press because in marriage, everything's more loaded. There's 10 times more meaning in everything because there's all the context that you have. And so when we talk through these different phrases, just keep all that in mind. And again, these, I see these in two ways. They're kind of we're saying prescriptively, this is, this is a good idea to kind of remove these because our words, in a sense, do have a, a way of um, orienting our hearts 
in our own minds and our hearts toward each other. Yeah, revealing what's happening in our hearts. They, yeah, they orient, but they also the reveal. Heart. So yeah. like prescriptively and descriptively. So like you, that you can see, oh, I've used this word a lot. So maybe there's something going on in my heart or, okay, I'm not going to use this anymore because I realize that that pushes me to let this thing, this attitude take over in our marriage. Or your spouse is saying, you know, you've been saying this a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. So hopefully that's helpful and just we, to think about how you, how and you we are going to dive into scripture about, you know, even idle words and careless words and, and the Bible instructs us in how we are to communicate, how we're supposed to use our words. Um, and we definitely have verses just outlined like mm-hmm. crazy, but, uh, we just want to talk about the first phrase here which is i'm busy (laughs) (laughs) very practical very practical i'm busy very common um you know if we're too busy for our marriage then i or our spouse then i think we're too busy for yeah in general (laughs) yeah so it's usually an indication of a deeper dysfunction right right. so it's becoming you're digging into your habits again and your priorities you're you're digging into you know if, if you feel i think what something happened with us and I think you I was saying I was too busy and you're like what are you doing and it was like I was either on my phone or (laughs) riding horses it was before we had kids or something and I remember you saying we we felt like we were too busy and it was like okay but what exactly are we doing and looking at our lives we're like well we're not choosing the most like fulfilling things to be doing we're not actually answering we're actually busy. We're just busy in ourselves. Here's the thing is, is a lot of times we're busy because we're in motion, not because we're taking action. Exactly. And what I mean by that is, so I can sit up here in our office and I can continually kind of be in motion. Meaning I'm checking things, I'm doing things, I'm planning for things, but I'm not actually executing or doing anything that moves us forward. Mm-hmm. And so Selena will be like, Hey, it's six o'clock. Why aren't you down here? Well, I'm busy. Or why, oh. why are you so tired? Because I've been busy and realizing okay, well, maybe I'm not so busy. Maybe that's just an excuse. Mm-hmm. Maybe the being busy is just a way of avoiding like, the, the actual could, work of being with my family. Right. It's or, fruitful work. Or it could be an idol, right? Like something that gives us value and identity. Mm-hmm. And we're, we'd rather be busy because being busy shows that we're being productive in somewhere in our mind. We're connecting that, right? Mm-hmm. However, there's a caveat that, you know, Ryan and I talk about a ton on this podcast is that busyness can be a season. It should be a season. There's times when you get right? busy for sure. That, right. When, when yeah. work has a special project or you're trying to write a book <laughs> or yes. things uh, like that, yeah. you know, there's, but there should be, you've got to communicate the end from the beginning. You know, if, if you are diving into a new business and your spouse is kind of like, yes, awesome. I want to support you in this, but is feeling, you know, left out or just alone. Mm. There needs to be a, a communication. Speaking of that, my heart goes out to all the the people leading VBS. Seriously, <laughs> it's summer. happening this week, these last couple We've weeks. We've talked to a lot of people who are parts of VBS, yeah. and they're just like, oh, I'm so busy. <laughs> and Which they're is just overwhelmed because they got like 20,000 kids coming into well, their lives. Well, it's not like normal church kids all the time, yeah. too. It's very much a community thing, which is great. Yeah. So there I are, think the point you're trying to make is yeah. that there are seasons, and yes. seasons have a beginning and an end. Mm-hmm. And there, if you, they the need point to, be to it is to communicate through that and say, hey, this is. For the next three months, yeah, we're doing X, Y, and Z. It's going to be like this. I need let, let's have check-in points every week, right, or every month because I know it's going to wear on us. So let's just remember we're going to put this date on the calendar, right. Three months from now, busyness stops, right. meaning that I'm going to be home at a normal hour, or we're going to spend we're going to spend more time together, not mm-hmm. just what's necessary, but more than right. more than necessary. Right. 
and agreeing on that and communicating through it. So I think in general we say remove this from your vocabulary because mm-hmm. so often the words I'm busy is just an excuse. Right. And it's just it's a, a kind of a lazy way of communicating that I haven't actually prioritized my life well. Right. It's a heart indicator, like you said, too. And as a rule of thumb in this area, I want to say this and just to kind of put the stake in the ground here. If you're too busy for each other, you're too busy. Yeah. If you're too busy for your family, you're too busy. Yes. Something needs to change. Yes. It's not sustainable. It's not even good stewardship. It's not, I'm just telling you, it's not wise. Right. And I'm pleading with you, make a change so that you can be with your family in a healthy way. Doesn't mean you quit your job, all that. I just, boom. Yeah. Boom. (laughs) So the next one is Ryan's favorite phrase and the one after that is mine. So I'll (laughs) let you... I'll let okay. you do that one. The, the phrase that we have here is you always dot, 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 Ryan, or you Ryan never. loves absolute statements. <laughs> I absolutely love them. He just thrives on them. Yeah. <laughs> Complete sarcasm the, the, there. the irony of absolute statements is that they're never true. <laughs> <laughs> and they're always hurtful. <laughs> How's that for two absolute statements? <laughs> no, but it's like you can't, you can't truly say absolute things that's just the world we live in but it's and so i like lazy. to say that out of emotions yeah you always act like this you never hear me when i say this and blah, yeah blah, blah. yeah and when and the, the first thing i do when you say that is yeah. i start thinking through all the times when i have done that and i have and like the exceptions to what you're saying instead he of does. me hearing your heart he's a good, yep he's a good arguer but well, yeah. he's blind to my heart so you're a pretty good arguer too freddie <laughs> i've become a good arguer <laughs> you're a violent arguer those, i'm not <laughs> from all those mo- those nights of crying myself to sleep this is a cry for help <laughs> um, yeah no, I, so it, the thing with the absolute statements is they're lazy and usually they are unproductive and, right they're more and, hurtful uh, than anything yeah and when you're on the receiving end of it it doesn't it doesn't uh, um, it doesn't produce a reconciliation like an attitude of reconciliation right, right. it produces an attitude of opposition mm-hmm. instead of saying it's just not healthy or productive I think right. that's Right. So you always do this. That's not true. Just be like, instead, lately I've felt that you've been missing it in this, in this way. Yes. Or a little decorum goes a long way. I'm seeing a pattern here. I'm seeing a pattern arise and here's what the pattern is. Right. And here's why it's troubling to me. So instead of you always get home late. It still kind of makes me defensive. I'm just going to be honest (laughs) 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 because it's, it's a, it's this calling me out and that's a pride thing for me. I think part of me is like, can you just open the door for me to say, like, I feel like this has been happening lately. What do you think? Just lead me <laughs> when, I'm when I'm in, in the, the mood. mood to <laughs> so be like, that's just, that's be my honest, own. I'm seeing a pattern here and it's, you're just the <laughs> your worst. Friend Pat t- <laughs> your friend Pat took a turn. <laughs> no, I, I do. Uh, I know. And I think that's where, of course, like I just, if I'm transparent, like that's hard for me to hear and I don't, it, all these emotions start boiling over, but it's way less, I get way less defensive when you're. When I feel like, and I know that you're not just pointing it out, but you're trying to be loving about it. And that's the part I think that we struggle with is that you're seeing this and you're trying to communicate it in a loving way. And I'm like, you're just trying to be right. <laughs> and you're just trying to be mm, There's in that control, context. You know? There's those big, that's why that, that's why communication is all about signals. <laughs> because you're reading signals that I don't even know are there. You do you, the we same We both have a green thing. light and you we're going to crash. You do the same thing. I never do this. <laughs> you read signals. You're telling me things and I'm like. I didn't even say that. Oh, you absolutely did. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so, yeah. The key is, yeah, the key is here to think through, 
like what is actually going to be a productive way to present definitely this frustration now what happens is t- typically is you are angry or tired or caught off guard right and say oh you're always home too late or you always miss time right. with the kids it's or a, you always do a that boiling over instead like i said i think it's more productive more helpful <laughs> to say I've, seen, I've noticed a pattern over the last week and a half and actually try to think about what it is don't just cherry pick okay and think about maybe the pattern. Maybe the pattern is just in your head. <clears throat> are, you, I'm, are you paying attention? I'm making sure you're listening. <laughs> um, let's see. Who's this for? Um, okay. Who's so anyway. made his wife cry twice this week? <laughs> <laughs> no, you chose to cry in those moments. <laughs> right. So, no, I agree. I agree that saying lately, you know, this is kind of what I've been observing. Don't be, don't be attacking with it, I guess, is just kind of present lovingly present what you're seeing mm. and what you're observing instead of the the you always or you never because mm. <clears throat> that never goes well <laughs> it really yeah. doesn't and obviously. if we think about the fact that there is actually power in our words right that makes us think twice before we say well, we should be and specific and speak. Yeah. purposeful because yeah. with our language because you can actually you know move forward together instead of just accusing one another wait because words have meaning as they it have turns meaning out. they have power yeah. they have purpose they're full of life words matter people. or death so yeah, the first matter. one is i'm busy the second phrase you should remove is you always and the third is my favorite response apparently uh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Just because <whatever>. sometimes, <laughs> I mean, we've ended many arguments. I've mended, ended many arguments with a whatever. I believe this happened just yesterday. <laughs> and it is the arch enemy of biblical reconciliation. And that's in the notes. But it is part of me, though, part of how I think we navigate our way through conflict is that we, when it gets too heated, we need to separate. Like we need to step away, have a timeout, mm. and we need to. With the intention of like, we're coming back to reconcile this. This is, this is whatever is different from like a timeout, right? Whatever is just saying, you know what, whatever, I'm not going to deal with this anymore. And I don't want to deal with it. I don't feel like dealing with it. So it's just like letting it go out into the ether (laughs) and all the bitterness, everything's just going to just start settling into your soul. Right. And it's just going to start building Mm. these layers of frustration and anger. I think the reason why whatever is so toxic and it's the attitude behind it, okay, right. not the word itself, right. but the attitude behind it. It's so toxic because it's rooted in apathy. Yeah. And apathy is the opposite of love. Right. And people think, you know, anger or wrath is or the opposite hate. of love yeah. or hate is the opposite of love. I'd say the the, the, the that's would, not true. You'd argue this, yeah. Ap- apathy is the opposite of love because like what what is more dismissive of a person mm. than just I don't care? Like, I don't care what you mm-hmm. think. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you say. I don't care about you enough to actually stick this out. Mm. Even if the person, I mean, there's a time in an argument when it's just not productive anymore. Right. You don't, you don't have to be dismissive and apathetic to step away from that. You can actually step away from that, that argument, that heated moment mm. in love and wisdom. And I think that's, what? Th- this is the opposite <laughs> of that and saying, I love you so much that I, I don't want, we I'm just not need willing to, stop to just yeah. scorch this earth right, with you. Right, right. I want to preserve the decorum <clears throat> mm-hmm. because I love you and I respect you and I value you and see you as a, a child of God and mm-hmm. somebody I'm called to steward. Okay. It's hard to do that <laughs> when you're really angry and you're in the middle of a heated conversation. Right. But I think what we're saying is guard your heart from this, the, the thought that you that, guard your heart from being apathetic yeah. toward each other. And if you found yourself doing this, we're here to, to warn you. Right. To say that that is exactly what you started saying in that you begin to kind of like callous over. Mm-hmm. 
you begin to get those layers of bitterness in there. And then before you know it, you start getting on. And I'm just going to, the writing's on the wall here. You're now apathetic, apathetic toward each other. You're going to bed like without any communication or connection. Right. He's staying up late. She's staying up late. You're on your phones. You're on computers, whatever. You're watching shows. Yeah. You're basically living as roommates. Right. You're now all start, of a sudden, yeah. you're reaching out to an ex-boyfriend, you're looking ex-girlfriend. looking somewhere else for it, yep. And now you're starting to connect with so-and-so, you know, because you're not connecting at home. Right. And so now you're going to connect with somebody. It's essentially, you've, you've, your, your covenant has turned into a contract. It stopped being beneficial to you, so you're going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I think apathy is the start of that process, and whatever is an indication of yeah. an a- apathetic heart. Right. And obviously the Bible talks about, you know, how we can combat apathy and how we can combat um, the whole giving up and not caring um, by instructing us in how to love each other, you know, in first Corinthians 13, we are, it never quits. You know, it's patient. It's kind. It's not refuses to quit. It's not easily angered. I don't know about that reference. (laughs) It always perseveres. So these, these, these are reasons why God has instructed us on how to love, how to speak to each other. Saying whatever is not Mm -hmm. the path. It's not the the stepping stone to biblical reconciliation, which is something we we talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think removing it from your your marriage vocabulary will it'll either force you to like explain why you're okay with this missing in the conversation, um, or explain why you're you're truly okay with like whatever. You know, it's going to force you into explaining yourself, basically. Yeah, yeah. So I think being mature. Okay, we've mm-hmm. talked about. There's an episode a few weeks back about emotional maturity, emotional mm-hmm. intelligence. Mm-hmm. I think there's one with the, with the Straubs. We interviewed them. Incredible. But to be able to, to stop yourself, it takes a certain amount of emotional intelligence to say, I actually don't care about this argument as mm-hmm. much as now that's what you're saying. Like, right. I actually don't care about the outcome of this. I realize I'm just arguing because we're heated right now. Right. So I'm okay with whatever. I'm honestly like, I, I resign white flag. I'm giving right. up. In the name of love. Right, right. <laughs> um, the U2 song comes to mind. Um, or, and like you said, this it, it explain, you have to explain why you're okay with actually dismissing the conversation at this point um, in that you don't feel like it's really worth the path you're going down. Right, right. And so um, we had that moment yesterday. Do you remember that? <laughs> we were talking about uh, you don't. This well, is why we're... Was it la- last night? No, it was yesterday. I was getting ready to go go um, to the gym. You were getting ready to get the girls to the oh. climbing thing. Yeah. And we were talking about a family thing. And anyway, and you were just like, whatever. <laughs> I think I think I kind of knew where we were at at that point. Well, it was it was a call for a timeout because I was like, we're not getting anywhere. We don't have the time to get anywhere right oh. now. And we just need to basically call a timeout. So my whatever was really supposed to be a timeout, but I don't like saying that. But well, you you it, knew what I was. Int- my heart was not happy about everything. Oh, well, for sure. And but I just knew it wasn't be productive. And then you texted me. I don't know how, how long later was it like 30 minutes later or something maybe and i was really trying to keep some decorum because i really just wanted to be like <laughs> you're like hey, wanna... you said these things that are hurtful you're not being sensitive in this way and here's why i'm feeling the way i'm feeling and i was just like you know what you're right i'm sorry <laughs> love you and i'll be more sensitive <laughs> does that surprising to you I, we it is a little it. bit i mean if you would have come back angry i would have flared up like a <laughs> dragon because <laughs> Ooh. Because I I intentionally 
texted you the way that I did because I was trying to be to have <laughs> trying more, to bait me. No, I was trying oh, to have sorry. more decorum than how I felt. How oh. I felt was like I just wanted to rage on you and be like, how how dare you like act like this and say these <laughs> things? You know, I have, I have a question. <laughs> dare you? But I knew that yeah. I, it wouldn't get the, and not to be manipulative. I just knew it wouldn't. It would cause you to be defensive, and that's not where I'm trying to go with it. I really was trying to reconcile this. Ladies and gentlemen, a gentle answer turns away, turns away wrath. It does. And power, the life and death from the power of the tongue. Yeah. I, at that moment, i got to be honest, I, I think I probably could have come back with a, here's why I'm right and For you're sure. wrong. For sure, you do. But I told you this last night when we finally got back home. I was just like, I didn't care at that point. I just wanted you to feel loved, and I wanted to be connected back to you in that way. And mm. I was just, it was not worth it to me. Like you were worth more to me than being right. So I win. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. You won. <laughs> All right. No. Take one for the team here. You're sweet. But no, I think it, was, that's a, it was good to just come back together and, and just, just hug it out really. Like we, it was just, we felt mm-hmm. a disconnect mm-hmm. and I, you know, that whole, whatever was kind of, it kind of came back around and we talked about, you know, those, pressure points that we were feeling and i think we both responded pretty well i felt like you responded well which was really assuring to my heart that's good to know it's not always the case we don't always respond well i think i don't know the holy spirit is good and um i think humbled me in that moment and made me care more about you than like i said being right so yeah so i think just be careful with language that's dismissive Mm -hmm. with the heart of apathy toward each other because because you know let's be honest marriage is hard yeah it's okay. easy to say. It's easy to be harsh with each other. It's easy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's super easy to be harsh. And what happens is as our as our level of respect for each other yeah. falls, then the level of vitriol rises and mm-hmm. we continue to have these toxic conversa- conversations. And as humans, we kind of have a way to respond. We either have to figure out a way through it together or you, it's the fight or flight thing. Mm-hmm. And flight looks like saying whatever. Right. You're, you're not going to see it. So whatever. <clears throat> right. And I'm just saying... If you, Here's the if fierce you, tenacity, people. And if you're constantly in this place, it might be time to get help yeah. from a, ca- a counselor, a pastor, get Someone biblical counsel. Someone who can counsel. speak into the situation yes. and see what you guys might not be seeing or what we are not seeing. Yes. You know? And of course, on both sides, you have to have humble hearts and yes. willing to hear and understand what's on the other side of this. And that's uh, a deeper int- intimacy, a more God-honoring, God-glorifying mm. marriage, mm-hmm. and a deeper union. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I spent a lot of time on whatever, which whatever. is good. <laughs> whatever. Okay, number four. <laughs> number four. Uh, this one is, is a big one, mm-hmm. and it's probably something you don't say a lot, but it's just plainly the word divorce. Remove the word divorce from your marriage, from I your would, vocabulary. I would say this is probably an absolute in our marriage. We mm-hmm. we never have and we never will use that word as uh, a threat or yeah. any sort for any reason. Obviously, you know, we were just saying, yeah, don't use it as a threat or just, you know what, might as well just get a divorce or, you know, you're being Flippantly so, or, yeah. yeah, or I'd be way happier outside of this marriage or I should have married so-and-so or anything that, anything that really chips at the foundational commitment covenant of your marriage, mm-hmm. I think is going to be always, always, always counterproductive. Right, right. There's no healthy way forward that's out of your marriage. I'm right. telling you that it... People, you know, people will find ways to justify it and you can make biblical cases to justify the act of divorce. Mm -hmm. Okay. There are biblical cases. Now, remarriage is a big thing that's under a lot of question. We're not going to get into that, but, but people will find a way, but I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you that it's never going to be the best way. Mm -hmm. Like it's always best to find a way to reconcile. And obviously that means that takes two people Mm -hmm. that takes two um, 
two people willing that are seeking partners. God and willing. Yeah. And so, yeah. So anyway, anything that chips away at that. Um, and it kind of opens that back mm-hmm. door, you know, because it's easy to, I think once, I mean, if you're already getting to that point of, of using the word divorce, you know, mm-hmm. flippantly for comedic comedic relief <laughs> that's <laughs> terrible um but no matter how you're using it it's 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 cracking that door a little bit it's saying well i'm bringing this word into our vocabulary and mm. and the power of that word and the weight of the word i don't think we always see that but if it, it feels like saying that word liberates the other partner to uh-huh. be able to start bringing that word up right and there's just going to be this building until <clears throat> you know everybody's checked out mentally emotionally spiritually they stop tilling the soil they stop watering they don't plant seeds they just say hey this is the path we're mm-hmm. headed to we're going to give up on our marriage it, it, it's so it's just harmful no matter how you how you slice it out and again if you're using it just flippantly matthew twelve thirty six talks about idle words Jesus yeah. says i tell you on the day of judgment people will give an account for every careless word they speak mm. wow so convicting well especially about this very important um god didn't just arbitrarily design marriage as a covenant right it didn't just arbitrarily hmm. you know say that sex is only within the marital bond because right. there's a lot more to your marriage than your present happiness right and I know we've, we, and we probably haven't said that enough recently, so but your marriage is not about your happiness. It's about God's glory. Mm-hmm. It's about your sanctification. As Gary Thomas would say, it's mm-hmm. about your holiness. We're going to have him on in a few weeks, by the way. <gasps> That'll be awesome. We have him scheduled. Wowie. He's an amazing, amazing man. And both of them are awesome. Um, pillars. But anyway, so God didn't design marriage in those ways just so we can like just be so quick to throw it away. And say, mm-hmm. we, I might as well just get a divorce. So mm. um, we just implore you, remove divorce <clears throat> from your vocabulary. Um, it's never productive. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, it's 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 the equivalent of checking out. Right. It's throwing in the towel. Right. And um, I, I've even told Selena, like, especially I want to say, if you're in the, the newer years of your marriage, in the mm. first, first year or the first five years of your marriage, Guys, your marriage is solid because it's a covenant, but it's also fragile because you don't know what the heck you're doing. Right. And so I'm here to put a put a line in the sand and say, this is off limits. Right. That is off limits. That is not a route you can go. The ships have been burned. You're mm-hmm. on this shore together. Figure it out. Right. Right. And you know what? When you have no backup plan, we talk about this in our book, Fierce Marriage, mm-hmm. to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. But when you burn those ships, you have no backup plan. There's nowhere else to go. And right. a lot of times your hardened heart is because you've just, you've, you've not, your heart is not hardened circum just hasn't been softened it's not because you've already just ran away from everything but i'm saying that it's not hardened like all the way apart all all the way around it i mean it's hardened toward your spouse because you found another way to be soft to something or someone else Mm. and if you have nowhere else to go you have the the only opportunity you have to be softened is to look to each other Mm. and to say you're it for me. Mm-hmm. So we got to figure this out because this is not sustainable. I want to live a happy life. I want to live a life that's filled with joy. Right. I know like I'm not guaranteed that, but I want that. Right. And so I'm going to look to you and say, divorce is not an option. Right. Let's work through this. We're going to work yeah. this out within the boundaries of, of these, these things. And one of those is not, is never saying like yeah. we're going to get divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Moving on to number five. Let's this do a is quick the recap. final. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Re- quick recap. Just, because we spent a lot of time on the last two is the first one is, um, and these are all 
kind of language to be aware of and remove from your marriage is the first one is I'm busy. The second one is you always or any sort of absolute statement because basically it's it's lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The language of whatever or apathetic language that um, kind of goes against the heart of biblical reconciliation. Mm -hmm. uh, The fourth one we've talked about is the word divorce because uh, it's just completely unproductive and unhelpful, and it goes against the spirit of marriage in general. So the fifth one, the final one we're going to talk about today <laughs> is these, it, it's, it's kind twofold, of a category of phrases. Yes. It's, I wish you were more like, or you're just like your parent or right. insert parent name, <laughs> or your mom or your dad. All falling under comparison. Yeah. <laughs> the comparison game yeah. is, is what we're talking about here. Yeah. So we actually had a podcast a couple of weeks ago called Crushing Comparison, and it's generally talking about how... Uh, our tendency as humans is to compare to mm-hmm. each other and, and to use each other as our standard of um, whatever thing we value. Right. And essentially we're doing that in these phrases and we're saying, I wish you were more like so-and-so or a lot of guys will say this about their wives um, when it comes to sex, especially young guys in a young marriage. They won't necessarily say it outright, but they'll think in their hearts, they'll say, man, I wish you would just do that thing that I saw on, you know, in pornography. And that's mm-hmm. a dark example, but it's so true. Mm. A lot of married guys are frustrated because they've had these expectations built up by mm. basically sin, sinful mm. desire and yeah. sinful habits and a whole sinful industry. Right. Um, so there's that. I wish you were more like, or wives will say, man, I wish you were more like so-and-so's husband. Look how he's around or he's a good father or he earns or he has this high paying job or this mm. high profile job right. or he, they do more fun things together. They have right. a better house. They have a better car. They go camping more often. <laughs> like I wish you were more like. Right. Right. And so-and-so. nobody, nobody likes to be compared to anybody, whether it's a friend, a stranger. Um, Ryan loves to be compared to a celebrity though. Oh really? What, who do you compare me to? <laughs> you know who you are. Who am I? Liam Neeson. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> At least uh, I'm gonna, people might write in on this one. <laughs> At least once a month, someone I'll be like checking out at the grocery store or somewhere and they'll be like has anyone ever told you you look like Liam Neeson <laughs> <laughs> and I like, I think I've gotten more uh more cheeky with them yeah you're funny like last it. time I was like yeah actually he's my dad <laughs> like just completely deadpan like yeah he's actually my dad my name's Ryan Neeson so the, the problem with comparison <laughs> and, the, and the guy was like wait what really <laughs> <laughs> You're terrible. That was the guy in uh, where were we? That was in uh, Arkansas. That's what that's what oh, happened yes. at the theater. You're so terrible. So the anyway. problem with comparing our spouses, uh, it it just becomes dehumanizing to them mm. and and us. Like we start dehumanizing um, who they are as a person versus oh. what? No, that's good. Keep going. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just people me. people are not things. They're like cars, you know? They're not they're not like cars. <laughs> sorry, this is going wrong. People are not things. They're not like cars. You can't compare them, you know, their features. Like one has GPS, one goes, you know, <laughs> 60 miles an hour in 2 seconds flat. That's probably not fast anymore. So like dehumanizing is stepping outside of the the actual human stake that I have with right. you. So like stepping back. I mean, we used this example a few weeks back where if someone's all of a sudden, like Selena's talking on the podcast and I'm not talking to her any longer. And I step back and say, all right, now Selena's recording the podcast. <laughs> Selena is pressing record. Selena's talking your, into the microphone. Your Uber voice. <laughs> I am, I am, I'm, I've dehumanized her. She right. is now an object of my observation. Right. And now I can be a critic or I can be, I can just add features to her or I can <laughs> observe things about her and say, Hey, I like that. I don't like that. If she'd fix this, it'd be better. That's insane. Right. In marriage, that's insanity. 
Never going to be helpful. I will say, I think we all have desires for our spouse, though, that we would we would like mm. them to listen more or we would like them to have a softer heart or could we be open to talking about these things right there's that side of the of the coin of saying you know not man you're always like this but i don't know not less i don't know because i feel like it falls on the like the spectrum of heart transformation versus and some behavioral stuff right so where does that all how do you, how do you, can I even make that happen? Right. And why, Hmm. but again, questioning the desire of like, why am I comparing my husband to so-and-so? Why am I, why am I comparing or desiring or calling them out on these things? I I think it's more of like, okay, God, like examine my heart and know my ways. Help me to understand why I'm choosing to respond like this and say, I wish you were more, or, you know, again, the flip side is like, okay, are these things that I'm desiring of my husband? Are they, are they godly things that I, I want to pray into like his heart if I can, or pray for him and, and ask God to, to surround him with, with men of God that will help him maybe, I don't know, in his walk with the Lord or, um, praying for his heart, you know, to be protected and his mind. And, and I think there, I think that there's, I just want to make that clear that I think there are, it's okay to pray for things and to ask God and to want things for your spouse, but just, flippantly saying just comparing them and saying i wish you were more or you're just like right those it's it's a heart again it's another heart um orientation i think at the core of just the the cold comparisons versus yeah. versus the warm like calling someone to a higher standard right. i think has to do with your stake in them as a person right, right? if i actually love you and care for you mm. i'm gonna want you to take more showers <laughs> 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 no but I could say, as a husband, I could say, hey, you know what? Um, I feel like we could go deeper in our conversations together. Yeah. I feel like we talk about a lot of just how to get the kids to, from A to, A to B all the yeah. time. But I really want to go deeper and I want to talk about maybe a book together or talk about scripture together. Mm. I want to talk about our relationship with God together. It's not, man, right. I wish you were like Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Karen's your favorite. <laughs> it's for snacks, Karen. <laughs> You know, or I wish that about you instead yeah. of that's not productive. Right. That just makes you right. feel like, Again, like it's, you've been. Yes, it's being purposeful with our words. It's being intentional. It's being loving and mm-hmm. kind and not being just idle and saying whatever we feel and what we think. Mm-hmm. Um, and jumping off from there, you know, what what does the Bible say about our words? Obviously, it says a lot. Says I'm buried the lead on this one. <laughs> All the verses are at the end. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. I just okay. want, I know sometimes I, I do these outlines in my head and, you know, but scripture is always there. And I think we just want to paint the picture of, you know, these are heart orientations. Mm. These are indicators of things that are happening in our heart that we need to, we need to see them as indicators and see how they function. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so what does the Bible say about our words? Again, we talked about Matthew twelve thirty six and 37. And the whole theme of that section of, of scripture is a tree is known by its mm, fruit. Yeah. I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. Mm. For by your words, we will be justified. You will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Mm. And Matthew twelve thirty four. So a few verses before that, it talks about how the abundance of the heart out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm. And so again, we're seeing this, the, the words that we're speaking are producing the fruit in our life. But happens again in Matthew 15, when he's mm-hmm. talking to the Pharisees and they're, he's basically saying, how can a tree, a rotten tree be bring mm-hmm. forth good fruit? Like your words are important people. Right. We talked about the physics of words and right. like communication. And 
God did not give us those things by default or mm-hmm. by accident or just kind of haphazardly. Mm-hmm. He gave us these words to do something, mm-hmm. to accomplish something, to build each other up. Uh, did you mention Proverbs 12, 3, 6 already? The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the oh, mouth no. of the upright delivers them. Okay. Uh, was it Proverbs eighteen twenty one? I said this earlier, tongue, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, so taming the tongue is a very, it's a very hard thing. Very hard thing. James talks about that a lot. He does. He does. And he, he talks about it and he compares it to, um, uh, like he, the rudder of a ship right? and being the way to kind of direct the entire ship by this tiny rudder, or it can set a whole forest ablaze, mm. uh, with the power of the tongue. It says no human being can tame the tongue and just restless evil full of deadly poison. Mm-hmm. It's James three, eight. And of course he's talking about outside of, outside of identity in Christ, knowledge of the gospel and, right. and the Holy spirit. Like we can't tame this. Mm-mm. So that's, I think the call here is right. if you're listening to this and just, here's what I don't want to happen is you walk away without a Holy Spirit-empowered kind of personal conviction. Right. We don't want you to walk away with the resolution that says, I want to have a healthier whatever marriage, so I'm just going to to bring these five things to my wife or to my husband, and we're just not going to say these things anymore. And if he does, I'm going to smack him across the face. (laughs) Or some equivalent of that. The the thing is... Verbal smacking. We cannot tame the tongue. We can't. Mm. Here's the thing, and this is the gospel call here is that we cannot tame the tongue, but we know the one who can. Mm -hmm. We know the one who was sinless. We have the Holy Spirit, the helper, Mm -hmm. God himself in us. We've been called sons and daughters of God. We've been called co-heirs with Christ. We've been co-missioned into Mm. into his mission. So we are not alone in this battle. And it is, yes, it is a restless evil full of deadly poison, as James 3, 8 says. But we have the Holy Spirit now who has made us new from the inside out, who has taken our heart of stone and replaced it with a heart of flesh Mm -hmm. so that we can now see each other, not with apathetic eyes, angry eyes, (laughs) (laughs) or, or, uh, you know, any sort of flippancy or dehumanizing speech, dehumanizing thoughts. Instead, we see each other as a brother and sister in Christ. You are God's daughter. Right. And I'm, I'm entrusted with caring for your heart. And man, do I, I'm scared of that father-in-law. Right. Well, and as such, like, what does the Bible tell us about how we can use our words? It's saying, mm. you know, in Ephesians 4, don't let any corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such that's good for building up and fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. James 4, 11 and 12, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the laws... The law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's a law of judging laws. <laughs> there is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each other. Mm. I like Colossians three sixteen. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in, hearts, in your hearts to God. And this, again, like you're saying, is... Should be an overflow and should also be, um, I think, something we do we do fight for in our marriage, yeah. right? And we're, we are maybe striving a little bit because the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm doing a work in you. Therefore, don't let these this type of talk come out of your mouth. Therefore, let God's word, let Christ dwell in you richly. Let his teaching yeah. and, and, and everything admonish and, and dwell within you and let wisdom flow out. Let sing and <laughs> yeah. the spiritual songs be thankful. 
That's good. And like we talked about in the last episode with habits, God has graciously given us, given us the ability to mm-hmm. apply wisdom <laughs> to this yeah. world around us. Yeah. And he's given us the ability to uh, form our actions in a way that is informed by wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so speech is the same way. We're not just passive observers in the things we say and and how our brains work. We can actually be a part of that process Mm -hmm. and we can choose the words we say. We don't have to always say things when we're angry. Mm. We we can have emotional intelligence, emotional maturity to see how our words are going to affect somebody and to let someone's words affect us in a way that is maybe not just what they say, when they say it, how they say it. It's knowing the heart behind it. Like Selena, some of the things you said that we got in a fight over yesterday, Mm -hmm. you were saying things that I did not like. But I was failing to see your heart behind it. And had I seen your heart, I would have been driven to compassion. Mm-hmm. And I would have been more likely to do what Colossians 3 says is teaching and admonishing and all wisdom and singing psalms. Just break out in song. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how that verse ends in Colossians three sixteen with thankfulness in your hearts to God. That revelation of the gospel is what births that thankfulness. Mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. I'm a sinner. I need you terribly. And I have you. Right. I was destined for death. This happened to me when I had to have open heart surgery. Mm-hmm. I thought I was, I thought there was a good chance I would die. Mm. So waking up in the morning or not, mm. not the morning, but waking up four hours later, having had After successful surgery, surgery mm-hmm. opening my eyes, it was like a new life. Mm. That's it. I can't describe that moment. I, I thought I was once dead. Now I'm made alive. Mm. I was once headed to death. Selena, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to have babies with you. I'm sorry our marriage didn't even make it to the second anniversary. I love you. Mm -hmm. If I don't make it through this, I want you to get married to someone else. That's what I told you. Mm -hmm. Waking up, all that was gone. That, yeah, joke's on me. (laughs) Uh, But all that was gone. And suddenly I had life. I had life again. What did that birth in me? Thankfulness Mm. for you, a thankfulness for God, a sense that I'm never going to take this life for granted again. Mm Never going to take these babies for granted again. Yeah, I all think, that stuff. So that's kind of a tangent, but but understanding that like our days are numbered, we are not mm-hmm. we are not given. No, you don't have to face heart surgery. Heart surgery to to take your days hmm. to not take your days for granted. Like you can be thankful for every single day you're given by the grace of God oh. and use them. Uh, and our couples conversation challenge is is kind of a. I'm going to take. I'm going to go off script here, as Ryan says. Okay. Um, I guess questioning looking at your words and your vocabulary how do you how you talk to your spouse on a general day-to-day basis are are you using them to build your spouse up or are you are we using them to destroy them like what's the tone and the theme there and maybe it's not like using maybe it's not removing these phrases the exact phrases but how are you saying how are you comparing your spouse in an ungodly way or dehumanizing Mm -hmm. them how are you um having these, you know, how are you dismissing them and not responding to them? Hmm. How are you, um, sort of giving up and, and resigning? And how are you using absolutes and lazily? How, right. And how are you just kind of using absolutes lazily? So I think these are, these are places that we can look at our marriage. Yeah. Maybe take a quick inventory. Question, or yes. They kind of turned into categories. So yes. like how are we being lazy? How are we comparing each other? Right. How are we um, being apathetic toward each other? Right. Those sorts of things absolutely. in our language specifically yeah. and how, okay, what's the antithesis of that? So how can you right. choose to be, instead of apathetic, how can you choose to be extra empathetic? Right. Instead of being lazy, how can you be really diligent with your right. words? Right. And, you know, and instead of being um, dismissive, how can you in, in, um, implant value right. into one another? Right. And say, listen, I hear what you're saying, but you're an idiot. <laughs> 
I'm kidding. <laughs> there it is. There, there it is. is. I'm just, we've never actually said that to each other. I never called you an idiot. I don't no. think. I, if I did, I'm sorry. I don't think I have. I, I can't imagine that. doing that. I feel like I would. My face hurts just saying that because I feel like I'd be slapped. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you feel that. <laughs> Little Pavlov's <laughs> dog. <laughs> you say idiot. But if you've never feel said it. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're going to answer a question real fast. We got about five minutes to do this, um, but I want to make sure we're going to make a habit out of doing uh, answering these questions. I'm just going to read the whole thing. It's long. Okay. Okay, so she says, back in episode 23, you touched briefly on how to respect your spouse when you don't see eye to eye on something that you feel is a moral issue. Hmm. My husband and I run a business and have a very different views when it comes to finances and what is biblically right and wrong. Everyone we talk to seems to think it's a gray area and that everyone does it quote unquote, which just seems to validate his views. It has been years that we seem to come to the, a compromise on the issue only to find out that he has been doing things behind my back and lying to me about them. Hmm. So I guess my question is this, how can we, I respect my husband within this realm? Do I submit and allow him to run the business this way, even though I feel that it's wrong because of his, uh, because it has caused a lack of transparency within our marriage? Or do I continue to try and stand up for what I believe is right when all that seems to all that seems to do is cause him to do things behind my back. Hmm. Okay. That's a hard spot. And I think, I think the real questions here, because we aren't given exactly where they're, we don't know exactly, exactly what's going on. Right. Sorry. So we can't speak to okay this the issue, this, Yeah. but we can speak to the red flags and what it's indicating. Right. Like she's feeling like she's asking the question, how do I respect my, my husband when he's, doing things that I feel don't deserve respect that are against her conscience. Yeah. Right. And that's a huge thing. I know I'm, what comes to mind for me is, um, in first Corinthians, when Paul talks about, uh, things being permissible, but mm -hmm. not beneficial. So this is what I think of when I think in terms of gray areas, mm. you know, we have a sense of conscience in us and we are, um, we are taught not to do things that would put a stumbling block in front of other people mm -hmm. or to go against, you know, for love of each other, we don't do things that are going to cause mm. each other to stumble. Love right. So Paul says, uh, all things are lawful to me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. Um, so anyway, he's talking about, um, basically using discretion in certain areas. Another, another one is, uh, I think it's chapter 10 says, uh, all things are, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up, hmm. but no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. And this is where, this is the example I was really thinking of is eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience for the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you are dis disposed to go, eat whatever set before you without raising any question on the ground of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who informed you mm. and for the sake of conscience. I do not mean your conscience, but his. For, for why should my liberty be determined by someone else's conscience? Mm. And if I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of that for which I give thanks? So basically he's saying, um, for the sake, right? Not for your sake, um, but for the good of his neighbor, right? Mm -hmm. Let no one seek his own good, but for the good of his neighbor. So all to say is like, as, as a husband, right? If you had a yellow or a red flag in, in an area like that, right. I think it's an opportunity to be generous. Okay. There's a lot of these gray areas in life and in marriage. And if one of you feels strongly about it and I, I'm of the school of thought, and I think this is what Paul is saying is that. The one who doesn't feel strongly about it, maybe is, isn't convicted by it, but can, out of love for the other, right. 
submit in this way. Now, I'm guessing it's probably something to do with taxes or write-offs or expenses mm-hmm. or how you're quoting jobs or how you're or how you are, um, you know, actually performing the work. Right. Right. And so there are some ethics, I think, depending on the actual situation. But in general, if there's a gray area, I think it's an opportunity to be, to be generous toward each other. Now, in terms of do you submit and allow him to run the business in this way, even though you feel it's wrong? I don't really think it's a question of submission, to be honest. I think so. Yeah, I think submission is maybe the wrong word to right. use there. Yeah. I think do you acquiesce and do you say, do you choose not to make it a big issue? If The bottom line is if you feel a check in your conscience and he is um, doesn't feel that same check, then you probably um, need to talk about it more. Right. Until you get on the same page. Right. Because lying and letting him do that is is not going to build any sort of real unity or reconciliation between you two. Yeah. Honestly, just reading this, not knowing the situation fully, the fact that it's causing a lack of transparency in your marriage to me is a huge red flag. I mean, whatever it is has to go. It's non-negotiable now. Yeah. Because that's how things start. That's how division begins. Mm -hmm. And if ever you're not in unity over something, the thing that's causing disunity has to go. Right. And there's no level of tax write-off or whatever that to me is worth yeah. sacrificing that. Yeah. Or maybe you just need to get on the same page. Maybe your husband has a good point. Maybe there is more reason to believe that it's not unethical or unlawful. Right. But it's worth the continued conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. But if it's against, if, it, if it's actually against the law, then, right. then that's that. Right. That's <laughs> so, that. Uh, and man, do I, I, I hate paying taxes, but I also, I love driving on paved roads. Yeah. So, so there's that. Anyway, I hope that's helpful. Um, it's hard to speak to a situation that's so kind of specific, but hopefully the heart of it was conveyed there. So Selena, let's, um, will you pray for us as we, as we close out? Okay. Is that too abrupt? No. What else you have to say? Okay. Go for it. Um, God, thank you so much for this time that we get to be just transparent and open about the struggles we face and how uh, you've you've led us through some of these hard times and you're still continually to, you continue to be faithful in showing us how to love each other through our words. Pray for every couple out there that um, might be dealing with struggling to communicate well to each other. God, that you would, I pray that your word would shine light on the, the way to go. Uh, I pray that they would, Holy Spirit, you would do a work in their heart and that you would motivate them uh, to want to love each other through their words, to ask you for help, to ask you for, to examine their ways, God, so that they can know your way more and walk in your path. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Amen. This has been a, a fun episode. I've learned something. I hope it's helped you. I hope it's <laughs> blessed you. And I hope it's given you something to think about and, and to hopefully make your your marriage more God-honoring um, and, and healthier. Yeah. With that said, this episode is... In the can. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. We will see you again in seven days. And until then... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If our ministry has blessed you, we'd be honored to partner with you on Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. There are benefits to being a partner, but more than anything, you get to be part of making the Fierce Marriage podcast possible. To learn more, go to Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Fierce Marriage. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Oh,